You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. We, the jury in the above entitled cause, find the defendant, Scott Lee Peterson, guilty of the crime of murder of Lacey Denise Peterson. Scott Peterson has spent 15 years on death row for the murder of his wife and unborn child. A sensationalized case that attracted worldwide attention. Peterson will be getting off death row thanks to an opinion by the California Supreme Court overturning his death sentence. Although the court affirmed his conviction and he'll remain in prison serving a life sentence. Joining me is John Bloom, a professor at Cornell Law School and director of the Cornell Death Penalty Project. John, the California Supreme Court said the trial judge made a series of clear and significant errors during jury selection. Tell us about those errors and why the court considered them serious enough to reverse the death sentence. Well, the the errors that the court focused on were the excusal of jurors who expressed some opposition to or moral reservations about the imposition of the death penalty. The Supreme Court of the United States said, actually, many, many, many years ago in a case called Witherspoon versus Illinois, that a juror who just expressed general opposition to the death penalty couldn't be struck from jury service in a capital case, that the court had to make a deeper inquiry to determine if those views that the person has would really prevent or significantly impair their ability to follow the law. And so the mistake here was that the judge didn't do that second part of the process. So then this wasn't a novel decision. This is a decision that follows the law. Yes, there was nothing really novel about it. I mean, what the trial judge did here is is really kind of hard to to understand how he wouldn't have known that it was going to likely lead to reversal in this case. But yes, Witherspoon was decided in 1968. The Supreme Court reversed Peterson's death sentence but affirmed his conviction. But if the jury selection was unfair and the jurors were not considered impartial for the death penalty portion of the trial, why would they be considered impartial for the guilt portion of the trial leading to his conviction? Aren't so-called death penalty qualified jurors considered to be law and order types? Unquestionably. But again, the answer is that the Supreme Court of the United States has already passed on this. So, Yes, there's no doubt that all the empirical studies indicate that people who are death qualified, people who you know basically don't have a problem with the death penalty, are more likely to convict than are jurors who have reservations about the death penalty. And that challenge was raised back in the 80s, and it went to the Supreme Court. And in a case called Lockhart versus McCree, they said that that didn't pose a constitutional problem. The justices on the California Supreme Court also chastised the prosecutors for not speaking up as the jury selection errors were occurring. Would they have known that errors were occurring? Would it have been obvious? Yes. I mean, it just seems like there were large numbers of jurors being excused without any questioning because of something they said on the questionnaire indicating opposition to the death penalty. So it is kind of mind boggling that somebody didn't say, well, wait a minute, you know, we should probably hear from these jurors and let's decide if their views would really prevent or impair their ability to follow the law. So, I mean, it worked out obviously to to Mr. Peterson's benefit and the, the death penalty was overturned, but it does seem like it was a fairly fundamental mistake. The prosecutors could appeal this to the Supreme Court, but are they likely to and would they get any different decision? Trying to figure out whether they're going to do this or not is, uh, I don't know these particular prosecutors, but I can just say that looking at the opinion, 
There was nothing the California Supreme Court did which was novel or unusual or was an extension of current law. So I think the chances that the Supreme Court of the United States would agree to hear this are extremely low or virtually nil. The DA can also seek the death penalty again, and they said they haven't decided about that. Is that likely, especially in light of the fact that California hasn't executed anyone since 2006 and California's governor has a moratorium on executions as long as he's in office? It would seem to me to be a waste of time for all the reasons you suggest. Not only a waste of time, a waste of money, another just huge ordeal for the victim's family to have to go through another trial again because it is difficult. And so it would just seem like a huge waste of time and money. But, you know, prosecutors do things all the time that I consider to be a huge waste of time and money. The defense attorney at the trial, Mark Garagos, said he thinks the only reason the prosecution sought the death penalty in this case was to get a guilt-prone jury. Looking outside this case, does that happen in many death penalty cases? Yes. Well, I think prosecutors often notice the death penalty in cases for two reasons. One is to basically try and get the defendant to plead guilty. They use it as a guilty plea extraction device. You know, now the person's looking at the death penalty as opposed to just life in prison, so maybe they'll plead guilty. And then reason number two is the one that you suggest. Sometimes in cases which are weak or circumstantial, where there's not you know really strong forensic evidence of guilt, they also seek the death penalty for the reasons we discussed previously. Once they death qualify the jury, you have more jurors who are prone to convict, and their chances of obtaining a conviction go up. This appeal was automatically filed in 2012. Does it usually take eight years to get a decision in a death penalty case like this? Well, uh, not in most other states. Uh, It doesn't. Uh, The California Supreme Court does seem to be generally sort of uh, slower uh, than other courts. I assume that has something to do both with their docket and the manner in which they sometimes do the corresponding state habeas petition. You mentioned habeas. Peterson also has a petition for habeas corpus pending with the court. Why wouldn't right. they decide them both at the same time? I don't really know exactly uh, about this, uh, but uh, it could be that the habeas petition involves more complex factual questions, uh, which they either need to maybe send back for an evidentiary hearing to allow more evidence to be taken uh, or because they haven't resolved it, and this seemed relatively easy to resolve on this issue involving the jurors. In general, public support for the death penalty, as you know, has dropped, and executions have declined in the U.S. in states. What states are still going full force on executions? Are there many? No, it's uh, it's dwindled to a relatively small handful, uh, Texas, Florida, Tennessee had a, uh, a number of different uh, people that they executed at one point, but uh, it's primarily you know, in the South. Uh, in Ohio, they had a number of executions scheduled, but the, m- many of them have been put off due to inability to get uh, drugs or now due to the pandemic. Um, so it's really just a small handful of sort of hardcore states that are really kind of proceeding with the death penalty at this moment. And even in those states, they're not many new cases. I mean, they're trying to execute people that have previously been convicted and sentenced to death, but there are very few new death sentences even coming out of places uh, like Texas and Florida and, and other sort of conservative 
So then it's the the federal government has resumed federal executions. Was that a shock to the death penalty experts in the in the community? No, I don't think so. It I think, you know, sometimes people were surprised that it took them this long to get around to trying, you know, three years into the Trump administration. But, you know, now they're doing it, and they're, a number of these people on federal death row have, have exhausted what you would call the normal uh, appeals process. So I don't think it was a total shock. I mean, nobody would be surprised to know that both the president and uh, General Barr are both very strong supporters of capital punishment. Uh, that puts them in the strong minority of people, but they're the ones that get to make the decisions on federal death row. Thanks for being on the Bloomberg Law Show. That's John Bloom, a professor at Cornell Law School and director of the Cornell Death Penalty Project. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso. Thanks so much for listening. And remember to tune to the Bloomberg Law Show every week, 9 at 10 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. 